This is not a fucking test. Warning. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Antidote Podcast. I am Polly Dubs. With me is Mr. DJ Craftmatic. And on episode 56, we went over the AFC in the season and how it's looking for everybody. Yeah. Um, but let's switch over to the NFC now, where it's a little kind of more up in the air, a little bit more open. It seems like every week in the NFC, there's a best team in the NFC and somehow they lose it. There's a lot of teams with really, really big weaknesses and a lot of different matchups have already taken place where different teams have exploited those weaknesses. Um, And so, so let's put it like this. Uh, Is there, and and we'll just start it like this, I guess, Fox, and I'll ask you, is there a team in the NFC that can beat the chiefs or the Steelers? Let's just put either either one of those teams. I think those are the teams that Chiefs beat the, and the Steelers. Chiefs uh, or the Steelers. Is there a team in the NFC that could be, beat those teams? On any given Sunday, yes. Any um, given Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> any given Sunday, yes. However, it's a little bit tougher. But some of these teams, when they've performed at their best this season, yes. Um, so the teams at the top of the NFC right now are – the NFC East, which we won't even talk about other, <laughs> other than mentioning that oh, Philadelphia is in first place at three, four, and one. Jesus. Uh, and they have a m- minus 19 point differential this season. That means they've been outscored by 19 total points in eight games. <laughs> they're in first. Uh, just look, I look at the records and I'm just like, they have a combined of <laughs> six wins. Like, no, I'm sorry. Nine wins total as a, as a, as a entire division, they yes. have nine wins. Yeah. Like that's just, Oh my God. Like that's, that's a terrible place to be um, as teams or division. So yes, as an honorable, not even an honorable, just as a mention, because they have to play games and they're scheduled. Yeah. They'll get a playoff um, and they'll get a playoff team. Somebody will get a playoff spot and somebody's going to have a walk into getting into yeah. <laughs> the next round because that's some bullshit. Uh, these teams are horrible. <laughs> just absolutely terrible. And I feel bad for the Cowboys because they were supposed to be that, but they were sucking before Dak's yeah. injury as well. Um, Dak has been playing well, but they still been losing games. So yeah, but they were still playing at a historic offensive level. Like they Dak were averaging, I think like 400 yards a game or something. Through and then defensively games. as well. Yeah, defensively <laughs> terrible. They were giving up uh, at a historic level as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as has So we'll move on from the NFC East. As yep. has been Seattle. Seattle's defense has been terrible at, yes. at an elite level. Uh, however, Seattle has a plus 31-point differential somehow. Uh, Seattle's 6-2. and two, Green Bay is 6-2. and two, New Orleans is 6-2. and two, Tampa is 6-3. and three. Those are all the six-win teams in the NFC. Um, and there's also Arizona, which is five and three, which yeah. we'll talk about here in just a moment. But Seattle, so you were asking if anyone can beat the Chiefs. Um, Seattle at their best at, that they've looked this season, they can beat the Chiefs, yes. Green Bay at their best, how they've looked that, you know, in their single best game out of their six wins this season, yeah, yeah they can beat the Chiefs. Um, New Orleans at their best, best game of the season like how they just trampled on tampa bay 
yes, I think they could beat the Chiefs or the Steelers, uh, as, as well as Tampa Bay, which even though they got trounced by the Saints <laughs> yeah. at their, the way they've looked at their best, yeah, they can beat the Chiefs too because they, uh, they have a really, really good defense, um, even though they got exposed. <laughs> Super but each exposed. Of, each of these teams has been exposed. However, each of these teams has also looked really, really great at their best. So yeah. it's kind of wild. It's kind of up in the air because a lot of like Green Bay got stomped by Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay got stomped by New Orleans. Right. New Orleans um, barely Just, beat the Bears in overtime. <laughs> the yeah, they've before, had some the they've before. had some bad losses as well though too. Like um, they lost to the Raiders. Yeah. And they've lost to Green Bay as well. So it's like these teams have all beat each other. They kind of you know, one they barely beat the Chargers too, just like you said, for even beating you guys. It was the same thing. Those are both OT games. Right. But then, <laughs> but then they like embarrassed Tom Brady and Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay on yeah. Sunday night football in prime time, which is crazy. It was like the biggest loss of Tom Brady's career. Uh, it was that game also had a record for the least amount of rushing attempts in a game by a team. The Tampa Bay. Four, right? It was had, four. Yeah. They had, on the record, it was five because on record is five, Gabbert, okay. Blaine Gabbert uh, took a knee on the last play of the game to run out the clock. So that counted as one of them. So it was technically four. And the other, like the record before that was nine. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Four. Five. Sorry, five. Yeah. I guess if you count that as a rush, well, I mean, it's way. still a negative yard. Um, <laughs> uh, that's that's crazy, dog. Like, and as you said, all those teams in the AFC and the NFC, and excuse me, we'll go uh, kind of talk about the other divisions as well, real quick, um, and go through everything. But they they have like kind of like the veteran guys leading the packs. You know, you got the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. You got the Saints with uh, Drew Brees. You have uh, Nick Foles and the Bears, he's still kind of – he's an old guy. He's been around a long time. Yeah. Um, you got the Packers, of course, with having uh, Aaron Rodgers, and then you got um, the Seahawks. And, you know, the, it's it's looking at these teams, and on their best nights, as you said, they could, they could beat the Chiefs. Uh, my only dissertation is – or just kind of like the, the, the distance between those things is like – they don't have many bad nights. Like as far as the yeah. chiefs go, right. um, their, their best night still looks better than a lot of these guys. Best night. It's really what de- it really depends on that other team's defense. Um, so kind of going into that, we'll talk about the NFC West now. And as you just said, the Seahawks are giving up so much defensively, bro. <laughs> like 30, like, they're giving up like 30 something points a game right now. And so when you're mm-hmm. giving up that many points, and you're telling Patrick Mahomes that I'm going to average 30 on you, I feel like their defense is good enough to take Russell Wilson out of the game in in a sense. Like I feel like Kansas City defense is there. Um, But they've been playing at a high clip as well as far as like uh, the offense of uh, the Seahawks. They just feel they have to keep keep up like they have to keep keep allowing themselves to actually get to a point of where teams are actually able to – to not score on them. Like they're giving up, uh, I'm looking here. So they had 25, 30, uh, 31, 23, 26, 34, or excuse me, 37. That was a loss to uh, 30 or 27, 
44. That was just their other loss just now. So they're, I mean, they're giving up uh, somewhere around, you know, 25 to 35 points a game. So anywhere in there, you're pretty much is where you're going to be at. And if you're just telling a guys on these other teams that, Hey, I I basically have to score that many points to really be in the running for that. That's a scary place to be. So I know there's some um, big matchups coming this weekend. Um, or the next couple games for the Seahawks will actually be some, some big games. They're playing the Rams this week um, for that, you know, pretty much the clear cut divisional, uh, you know, leader. It really could just be a toss up. I mean, I I like the NFC West. Uh, I love what Kyler Murray's doing right now. Yeah. We'll talk Uh, about Arizona in a second. I just wanted to first talk about DK Metcalf is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about, we could talk about DK, DK and uh, Tyler Lockett are playing on a huge clip right now. Um, Yeah. DK Metcalf is a, is an animal though. Like really, he's just don't know if he's a linebacker or to me, (laughs) to me, he's like a mixture of Megatron and Andre Johnson. Right. And like the best of whatever you think of those I like guys, that. like the best of the, uh, qualities of those guys. Cause he's just, he's bigger than everybody. He's stronger than everybody. He's on the, some kind of designer steroid that can't be t- detected. Cause he's on <laughs> something. Like if you, see, if you ever seen a picture of this dude, like in the gym, or, yoked. like, I mean, he got muscles that they ain't been invented yet. <laughs> he eats less carbs than Jamal. Yeah, you know, hey, for real. <laughs> Shout out to my guy Ballfit. Yeah, real talk though. Um, um, he he probably has muscles in his index finger, bro. But then I'm he's sure also he faster do. than anybody. Like, yeah, he's, the dude's probably like two hundred fifty pounds. We seen him hawk that DB the, the the week before. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> Hitting like twenty two miles per hour running. <laughs> so he's just on a whole nother level. Like when you see a guy like that, it's like, damn, what do you what do you built of like he's just he's just a monster um and he's playing so well that it's really making teams have to get super honest and I feel like that's why this is the most dangerous Seattle offense we've seen and I've we've seen Russell Wilson play very well like most of his career he had like yes. maybe a one or two down years like that were down and we're still talking like 4,000 yard season almost uh, still throwing like 30 touchdowns, but he would have just have like more interceptions. So that's not really a down year, but this year he's playing at a better level than I've ever seen him. And that's for me, that's hard to say because I felt like he's played at a MVP level and he just never gets the uh, accolades. Um, he's never gotten an MVP vote. Which no, is still to, crazy to me. He's been to two Super Bowls, won one Super Bowl, almost was inches yeah. away from winning a second from an, Super Bowl. Yeah, and has never had an MVP vote. Isn't that wild? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, this year he will definitely get one, of course. But yeah. Um, and if they don't, then I'll be like, yo, this something is wrong with y'all. Like, everybody out of that voting group has to be. No, fine. because I would, <laughs> say, I would say he if he was in the same position as Mahomes, if he had a coach that was more open to passing the ball more often, he might be putting up Mahomes type numbers throughout his entire career. Um, Yeah. I feel like this is like where he's passed the most, but I also feel like this is where he's had his, to me, this is his best receiving core as well. Cause then you got to talk about DJ Moore. um, You got to talk about uh, David Moore or David Moore. Sorry. I always get those two mixed up. Uh, DJs in Carolina. Um, yeah, David Moore, and then you add Tyler Lockett. 
uh, of course, Tyler Lockett to me, and he's the touchdown scorer. Like he yeah. had three tubs the other day. Uh, the dude yeah. scores hella touchdowns, and he's still hitting like a hundred yards a game almost as well. I know he's a, he's uh, sitting at like seven hundred yards for the season as well. I mean, he, he the, the, these guys are just playing at an all time level right now of just the pace um, that I'm seeing. Like I'm like, damn, these guys are going to be up there. Uh, their their defense is the thing in question, and that's where we have to kind of yeah. check and see what's going to happen. Uh, they got, as I just said, they have some pretty key games coming up playing the Rams and the Cardinals in the next two games um, that could actually change that whole division if they don't win those games. So uh, Kyler Murray has been playing at a high level. So as we just mentioned, yeah. uh, talking about the Cardinals uh, in his second season, he's really come into his own and I feel like he's playing just so much better than last year. And that offensive line has really stepped up. Uh, they seem to have gelled a lot better, and they're really just grinding it out. And they've had some some tough games, uh, but their defense is still trying to get healthy again. You know, they got Drake Kirkpatrick hurt um, and a couple other guys trying to get back. Um, but Kyler Murray, let's just talk about him. Yeah, uh, I, hear, I got a question. Yeah. Who will have a better career, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? And my answer is Kyler Murray. My answer would be Kyler Murray as well, just because he can pass. Um, he, he is like, the true dual threat. Yeah, he's like Michael Vick 2.0, right? Yeah, more accurate, uh, better. I think a better read. Uh, he can read his routes better, uh, so he makes better decisions, I think, because Lamar can't throw as well. Lamar can throw, but not as well as Kyler can. So um, the other thing about Kyler is, I don't know, but like uh, maybe – maybe it's just biased because I've been watching him play, you know, this year and haven't seen some of the other people in the past couple of years, but Kyler Murray might be the best runner I've ever seen on the football field with the ball in his hand. He's definitely one of them for sure. I mean, I know he's on pace to like deal with where Cam Newton's record is for the, for rushing touchdowns with 14. Yes. I believe he has six, he has six this year. Yeah. Uh, so far, I believe he has six rushing touchdowns. So, um, I think that is doable for him to break. I think he will break it. Um, so yes, I believe that when you're talking about a runner, um, yes, I think he is a much better. And we're in, and that's hard to even say, cause we look at Lamar, cause we were just talking about Lamar and Lamar Jackson is, is also a great runner. Um, but Kyler just seems to have a little bit more moves to him. Um, and it could be his stature. I think maybe that, uh, could help as well. He's super small. Um, so I believe he's five, he eight. Hit. He does not. No, he makes a he lot doesn't of moves. Get touched. I don't even. I don't know. He doesn't get touched, which is crazy to me. Because I think, and I think that's. Like, I think that's the height. I really do think it's the stature that yeah. that actually helps in that aspect because he does slip out of a lot of uh, tackles. So like guys will be coming for him, and he slips like most of them. I, I was watching him uh, just against Miami. Yeah, and and the way that the pockets was collapsing on him, and he would somehow get out of there. And I'm like, damn, how did you get out of that? And it's the smallest window, though. Um, even right. a Mahomes guy who – Mahomes is one of the best uh, using his legs as well. He doesn't have to run that way. Um, but he's he's definitely using his legs. He would never get out of those slips. He, he wouldn't because he's too big. Um, I, I think that that is an advantage for Kyle. Even his juke is just so fast. Yeah, definitely. It's like, like his – He's got that uh, Shady McCoy juke. Yeah. Like when you used to see, uh, you know, Shady out mm -hmm. there and he and the way he can hit a stop and hit a move on a dime, it was just something special to watch. Um, that's kind of how I see him move as well. You know, Barry Sanders-esque kind of twitch. Yeah, he looked um, – I mean, someone said – 
Kyler Murray looks like he runs like he just stole something. <laughs> <laughs> he, and he does, man. I mean, the, the, the runs like that Randy I even watched against Miami were just crazy. Um, yeah. That, that, was, that touchdown run that he, that he ran was, was nuts. And uh, Tua did the same thing. He had a good run as well. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I love seeing these guys, these mobile guys, but I think it just makes Cliff Kingsbury uh, be able to open up his playbook so much more. They use a lot of no huddle. They're one of the fastest offenses in the league. Uh, so they continuously are moving uh, all the time. And he does a lot of motion and a lot of uh, bootlegging yeah. as well. Uh, I think they're the second or third highest bootlegging team behind the Rams. Uh, the Rams are the first. So, yeah, I think they're second. Um, they're always bootlegging and, and stuff like that because it makes him so much more dangerous. It makes him so much more dangerous. And that's what you have to do. Use your quarterback back to the strengths. I wish uh, the Broncos could understand that, like a Pat Shermer or somebody like that. It's a fucking idiot. Um, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that <laughs> try to kind of fit everything into their scheme and don't really play to strengths or matchups. Right. Just and play to the strength and matchup of, I of think the that's what, that you're playing. I think that's what separates the elite coaches from the shitty coaches. And it's it's a really not a thin line. Like there's like right. five, five or six good coaches and 20 shitty coaches. Like we could see, <laughs> we could see Flores as a great example um, yeah. of a coach that really kind of brings out the strengths of his players. He had Fitzpatrick playing at his best level and Fitzpatrick's like 15 or 16 years in the, in the NFL playing with all kinds of different, different coaches systems. Um, right. He legit has played on most teams. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he's played for like uh, at least over a quarter of the teams. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot of ups and downs. And um, the the highest of highs and the lowest of lows with Fitzpatrick. But but he's a smart player. Probably will be a coach at some point. Um, for sure. You know, he was a Harvard graduate. So, obviously, he's been really smart and always been, Put himself in a position to be at the right place at the right at the right time when the starting quarterback got hurt and he got brought up. But um, yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, and you talk about the coaches as well. I think it's interesting because that division, honestly, outside of Pete Carroll, is all young coaches. Um, you know, younger guys who are none of them are over the age of forty, I believe. Because uh, yeah. you got you have uh, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, um, uh, Sean McVay. And Kyle Shanahan, or, or and Kyle, 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 Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan, and then Pete Carroll's the oldest coach, right? Yeah, and Pete Carroll's the oldest in that whole division. So you look at all those guys; they're all young, um, and of course they're they're at the top of the division as far as Pete Carroll. But I think he's been the blessed with a little bit less injuries because it's kind of crazy to see the 49ers where they're at. I mean, not really, just because it's Jimmy G was the quarterback. Um, we've always been pretty critical of Jimmy G. I think he's highly overrated, Uh, but they have a a lot of talent on the wide receivers who are injured as well. So even though that they're at four and five, they're still not out of it. And that's the thing. They just have to get healthy again. Uh, They were missing a lot of Debo Samuel, um, you know, a couple other guys that they've just, they've had no running game. All their running backs have been hurt uh, between Tevin Coleman. Um, They traded away Matt Breida and then uh, they had uh, somebody else. Yeah, Monster got hurt, and he was crushing it and then just got hurt, and it was just yeah. bad. So they've been – and then got Kittle got hurt as well. He's out for the season as well. So Yeah, got, Kittle and Jimmy G are out for the season. And now Jimmy G. So, yeah, they just kind of face it. So it sucks. They're not out of it if they can figure out a way to win games with Mullins. Um, you know, who knows what could happen, but uh, – because the division's still kind of up there. I feel like, you know, only three losses between – the 49ers and the Seahawks that could change pretty quickly. Um, it's cause the 49ers do, does have a good defense. They just have no offense right now. 
um, especially with all the receivers out, their, their main people out. Who knows? Uh, the Rams are there at five and three as well, tied with the Cardinals. Uh, the, those the, those have some implications, as, as I said, the Seahawks play both of those teams in the next two weeks. Yeah. And so there will be a lot of implications that can change as far as how their division looks. So that's actually one to watch because you just never know. We know that divisional games are a lot closer and they don't look the same. They're not always the same. They're played much differently, much tighter, um, and it could be a pretty close game. So I would, I'm actually looking forward to that. Yeah, and one thing I'm I'm also looking forward to is the fact that Kyler and Russ are both in the same division yes. and we get to see them play each other twice a year yeah. for the next 10 years probably, um, yep. which is really amazing because they had a, a great matchup just a couple of weeks ago when Arizona beat Seattle. Um, yep. So and they're about to play awesome. again. They're about to play again. <laughs> and it's just great because, I don't know, maybe it's Kyler just kind of brings out the best of the opponent or – inspires them or something because it just seems like he's caught in a lot of these duels. Um, and this Sunday he gets to play Josh Allen. So that's yeah. going to be a great one too. Yep. That's going to be a really good one. Uh, looking forward to that game as well. So man, definitely check out the, you know, the, that NFC picture, the West, that's going to be one to watch still. Cause like I said, they're still, those games, those teams are still pretty close at where yeah. they're record wise. So that could shake out to be anything, to be honest. And there's um, an extra wild card spot in play now. So technically, yes. man, if any games get canceled, card, all the wild card teams might come out of there, but I mean, probably the saints or the uh, Tampa, whoever loses of those, Whoever doesn't win the division will probably be a wild card as well. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so go on now. We're going to talk about the NFC North. Really, there's only one team to truly talk yeah. about, um, and that's the Packers. Yep. Uh, to Polly hates the Packers, of course, to be in the Bears fan, but he knows what he has <laughs> and what he's dealing with. Yeah. Um, it, it sucks though because they started out looking good. Um, it didn't look like they were going to be fairly too bad. Um. You know, they still got Khalil Mack. The defense is actually playing at a very high level as well. Um, and it's being squandered again. And I feel, I feel probably for sure, but at least, at least y'all are over 500. I look at the Broncos. They did the same thing. Uh, we keep squandering defenses, but have, have uh, no offense, but at yeah. least you had guys who were trying to put up points. Um, you're in most games. You guys aren't really getting blown out. The last few games, you guys look pretty bad though. see the bears got the reverse of the chargers look yeah they've eaten all the luck of the chargers because the the ones that the bears have (laughs) won they won by four they won by four they won by four (laughs) they won by one they won by seven those are their wins so they you know what i mean it's the reverse chargers where they've won all those games like i said it's kind of usually it could be one incident in a in a one possession game that'll sway the result there. So a lot of that is luck when it comes into a one possession game. Um, A lot of it is, is just weird scenarios. And I think the bears have just been really riding that luck. Um, Play calling. could have been could have been on the high side of the positive though. You, I mean, you guys could definitely have six wins right now. I mean that that loss against the Saints was tough. That was you guys played that game very well. Yes, that was a tough ass game, and it was a tough game to lose. Um, I think you guys could be at a different place. I think if you guys would have won that game, uh, going into the Titans game, I think that would have given you a little bit more edge for yourselves. But I, I think, and yeah, you you said it right. I mean, it's it's 
kind of like they they shoot themselves in the foot kind of thing for these wins, but they're they're winning these close games. It could be luck. It could be just you know that they're at least keeping themselves in these games. Yeah, getting turnovers uh, in crucial times. It's right. a typical Bears team quarterback, <laughs> and the offense isn't doing anything. David Montgomery is the master of mid. He puts the, <laughs> the mid in monsters of the midway. Um, <laughs> like David Montgomery, he's great. His volume is great. He can get twenty carries a game. He, he uh, can get you three yards. If you get, if you need three <laughs> yards, he'll get you three yards. If you need five yards, he's going to get you three yards. Well, and that's because Cohen got hurt, right? Cohen got hurt. Yeah, Cohen got Sorry, hurt Cohen, again. So Montgomery I mean, that man, sucks. And you know what's crazy, man? Is Montgomery. In college, led the NCAA in broken tackles his last two years. But I don't think he's even broke a tackle in the NFL. (laughs) It's wild, man. Um, But he's versatile. Um, He can carry the load. But he's like a little bit better than David Johnson, which we clowned on a little bit earlier. He's terrible. Let's let's move on. Uh, the, The third place team, Minnesota, though, Dalvin Cook. Man. Has been playing really good and it's been squandered again. Has <laughs> been on a tear. Uh, yeah. He has missed three games, but I believe he's still like leading in touchdowns. Yes. <laughs> still is leading in touchdowns. He's missed three games and he's leading in touchdowns. Well, he scored four his last game, right? It was four. Yeah, his last two games, he has six. Yeah. Um, he scored four against Green Bay. He scored two against Detroit. He also has... And still losing them games, man. What the fuck? <laughs> They're still losing most of those games. Like, yeah, they beat Detroit. Um, they actually beat the Packers. So yeah, they, so they won those a, two games. They they, won those yeah, they're on, a, they're on a winning streak right now. Yeah, and both of those games because of Montgomery. Um, Cook, you Cook, mean? Dalvin Cook, sorry. But they yeah. look bad in all the other games, though. Like, all their other games, they look terrible. Well, they got Kirk Cousins. He he is terrible. <laughs> so the, Absolutely. The, they're, the way they try to win games is by disguising Kirk Cousins, masking him, taking him out of the game if possible. Uh, and, and basically just, screening to Dalvin Cook yeah. and letting Dalvin Cook run. And exactly. then he gets injured. And they got really, <laughs> two really good receivers in Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And... Uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson actually uh, looks really well, though. I will say he does look really good, um, you know, coming in. He's 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 made a couple big uh, grabs, you know, being that big, tall guy. He's made some great plays. Um, and Justin Jefferson made a college career making QB look good. Like, he made Joe Burrow look really good on a couple of plays um, yeah. in LSU. So... He's definitely a great player. Minnesota, they're three games back of the Packers. Do you think – I mean, they've got a terrible defense, too. They've been trading away their pieces. Uh, I forgot who they got. Uh, that guy, Yannick. That you oh, know yeah, yeah. About? Yeah, Yannick, uh, whatever. I forgot Ngawe, his name. Ngawe. Yeah, Ngawe. Yeah, I think Ngawe. Yannick Ngawe. So they traded for Yannick Ngawe. They traded a second-round pick. For Yannick uh, in the off season, and then at the trade deadline, they traded around and traded him for a yeah. third round pick. Right. So they gave up a second and they got a third. Like, what is that? And what is the, the guy, purpose of that? And they played the guy for like five, four or five games. <laughs> what What is the purpose of that, bro? Like, that was such a waste of money, and I, I don't understand the thought process there either. Um, 
You got to at least play the guy out if you traded for him. Right. I I feel like their uh, office is just so incompetent. Like they're just, that's incompetency right there. The fact that they, they paid uh, Kirk cousins that much money, that was incompetency as well. Um, But I mean, they did it. So whatever. Scouting Um, is obvious. (laughs) The scouting department is obviously really, really good. They got Dalvin cook. They've got Justin Jefferson. Yeah, on paper, Kirk Cousins should be better than he is. I, I don't understand what his problem is and what he's been struggling with these he, last couple, these last few years. But. He's a quarterback that Kyle Shanahan got paid. Yeah, well, Kyle Shanahan made him look really good. I mean, yes, he was he was throwing at a high level as well. Um, and I don't I don't know. He fell off that cliff as soon as it as soon as that connection was broken, it was gone. Um, I know I wanted him in Denver, to be honest. But I mean, if they, if you would have paired him with Shannon, I think he would have been fine here. Um, I think he actually would have been a great fit for Denver in that sense. But they would have had to have been with those with that combination. Um, but the, he just looks terrible. Uh, but Dalvin Cook is is just playing so well, and they're using him uh, pretty much everywhere. Like they're getting a hell of his usage is super high uh, because that that's the only way that they can generate offense to do exactly what you said. They're kind they're trying to cover as much of how terrible Kirk cousins plays and the throws that he makes and things like that. Um, you have to kind of disguise it. So Dalvin cook definitely is probably one of the better players, probably the top three player in that whole NFC conference. Um, he's just being slept on, of course. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Uh, just kind of how, like I said, that the best team in the NFC switches from, from week to week the best running back in the NFL has kind of switched a couple of times uh Alvin Kamara looked like the best running back for a while then Derrick Henry looked like the best running back for a while and now uh Dalvin Cook is the flavor of the week Uh, (laughs) so so it's kind of interesting but we know that Best running back is kind of decided in the cold months in November and right. December. So, which we'll is usually Derrick Henry best. time, to yeah. be honest. Derrick Henry always <laughs> he eats. The colder it gets, or it just seems like the more the more he gets hit, the like he gets more powers and right. you know, becomes unstoppable <laughs> somehow. So be on the lookout for because uh, Derrick Henry will probably get a thousand yards rushing in the month of December. <laughs> I had a nerd reference for that, but nobody was going to um, be able to catch on that as far as like taking the hits and getting more power. Um, reminds me of a anime character gum on my hero academia. Um, yeah. Legit getting beat. He takes a whole bunch of punches and then he has a, he just gets stronger and stronger. That's how yeah. he gets stronger. So yeah, no, same, same thing, man. Uh, yeah. But definitely uh, interesting. I mean, of course, the Packers are looking the best. Um, their defense is kind of mid at times. Uh, they just they don't play, really play been, games. And they haven't really been all healthy yet offensively at the same time. No. Uh, there's been a couple of true. games where Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams have both played. However, I, they've missed more games than like Aaron Jones, I think, has missed three. And Devontae's missed two or three already this season as well. So getting yeah. both on the field is very important for the Packers success. Uh, yeah. Cause you could see when they're winning, when they're, when you could tell when both players on this, on this, uh, the field, because they'll score like 40 because in their first two games, they scored 43, 42, their third game, third and fourth game was 37 and 30. Um, then 10, then back up to 35. So you could kind of see when and where that happens. Like it literally plays out by how their scores are. 
Um, well, it's <laughs> and like you if, can tell which games. If both of them are playing, one of they're dangerous. Guys, one of those guys is getting at least two touchdowns. Yep. If Easily both playing. One of them is going to get two touchdowns because you can only focus the defense on so many areas at once. You right. Can, and with the passing threat and a running threat like that, you can only sell out to really go after one. You can't double team the running back and the top receiver at the same time. It's not right. Like you can't, you know, uh, defend Devonte Adams deep if you're putting eight to nine defenders in the box. It's, it's just right. not going to work. So you got to really kind of choose who you want to take out of the game. If you even have the talent to take either of those guys out because they're really, really awesome. Uh, one thing I would say though is Aaron Jones is really underutilized when he is out there. But I think that comes to the benefit of Devonte Adams in those moments because they really kind of focus at him on him uh, in those situations. Yeah, no, Devonte Adams is playing like a top three receiver right now, which he, he was quietly already one of the top, you know, uh, receivers out there. But when you think of the top, you always have the same guys. We always talk, um, they always talk, uh, Julio, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Thomas, and, and Mike Thomas, you know, those are pretty much always the top three. Like those guys are always at the top. Um, Devontae Adams has kind of quietly been in that next conversation after that though. Um, and he's doing it again this year. So far, he's actually been playing really, really well. Um, as you said, he's scoring like two tubs a game uh, pretty much. Uh, so yeah. he, he's he's getting his fair share, but he's he's hurt, and that's the thing. And they have nobody else. They have no other receivers. Like once you get past De- Devontae Adams, they drop off significantly, and that's always been Green Bay's problem. Um, they've they've just just don't want to give Aaron Rodgers anybody to work with. Um, so I feel like that can be, and it depends on the, if they stay healthy, as you said, they all kind of all have to get healthy. That is very key for that team. Um, or they got to get him some help still. Like you have yeah. to be able to get him some help because it just makes zero sense of why Aaron Rodgers only has one guy to throw to, you know, Lazard has been out for a lot of that, but who is a, who the fuck is a Lazard? Like (laughs) uh, a Valdez Scantling, like these guys are, are just some young known names that Aaron Rodgers is, is making names for because he has to, because that's who he has to throw to, but he hasn't had a good receiving core since he had Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb and, um, the other guy that they had at the same time, you know what I mean? And Jimmy Graham. So you add all those things together. Um, they haven't been that good since that point because he, he's just, they just refuse to give him somebody to work with. So I feel like that's the only hindrance to that is you can shut down Aaron Rodgers Eventually you just have to keep the run game in check because Aaron Jones is not the most explosive runner. Um, he, he can catch the ball. So he might be able to beat you in the backfield that way. Um, but he's, he's got to have open space. He's not really an inside the tackles guy. So if you keep him inside the tackles, you mitigate the losses on the outside from Aaron Jones, he can run touchdowns in and that's fine and dandy, but that's hopefully if you're not giving up long yards from the rest of these guys. So if you can keep the rest of them in check, they're pretty much beatable. But as you see, they throw up a lot of points. Um, I felt like they haven't really played anybody though. Yeah. You look at their schedule and they're um, outside of the saints. And their defense um, is low-key terrible. Like, if you look yeah, at how many points definitely. they've given up to some of these teams, it's it's kind of suspect, you know? Yeah, for sure. They've given up 30, 30, 21, 30, um, 16, 38. <laughs> yeah. So they're giving up high numbers, you know? They're, they're actually uh, putting up 
getting teams putting up more on them. So even though they only have two losses, they're usually some higher scoring games. So yeah, if you if you're giving up 25 to Minnesota, how many are you going to give up to Kansas City? Exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I don't I, I could see them getting there, but honestly, I feel like there's a lot of better teams. Uh, I feel like Seattle would end up probably taking that match. Um they're both just because they have a they have a little bit more talent. If their defenses are both giving up points, um, I'm still going to take DK Metcalf in, in team uh, and Tyler Lockett over um, just pretty much Devontae Adams um, and, and really the running back. So, yeah. Um, last but not least, NFC South. Um, with the trouncing that, that we've been talking about earlier of the, of, uh, the Bucks. The Saints put on a clinic on them, 38-3 to in a big ass whooping. It was a shock. Um, I don't understand what's going on with Tampa Bay. They don't look cohesive right now, and I guess that does come with what's happening with the territory, you know? Um, yeah. Just two weeks ago, they put up 45 points. That was the Raiders, but, I mean, still, you would think that they could score points and play pretty well. Um, but they've had a couple of down games, Polly. What do you think those are? Like those, those down games are actually kind of bad games. Like they play pretty bad uh, yeah, or so Tom Brady's played pretty bad, but I'll say they have an elite defense outside of the game against uh, the saints and the saints have kind of always had their number anyway in the division. Right. The saints are three, no in the division saints also have five wins in a row, but back to your question about Tampa Bay, this is a team put together on the fly. Um, you know, they already had the elite receivers, Godwin and Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. They've right. added Antonio Brown cancer into the mix. Uh, <laughs> I, who knows how that will affect the locker room. Uh, yeah. you, you know, it's already Godwin and Evans team. You, at some point, you know, if Godwin's targets go down, he's going to get upset and say something and it's his team. So he has every right to do so. He's earned the right uh, by, by being an elite receiver in the NFL and as well as Mike Evans um, and, you know, Antonio Brown is not going to keep his mouth shut if he doesn't get targets going his way. Um, For sure. So then you got Gronkowski too. And then you have really Gronk. been scoring all yeah. the touchdowns for the outside of that. Cause Mike Evans and uh, Godwin have both been injured on and off. Um, yeah. And both Godwin's kind of kinda hasn't really been doing much. He's been kind of uh, falling off a little bit. He looks a little bit slower, but, uh, you know, he used to get a lot of catches, a lot of targets back in the day. So it was right. to happen, some regression. And um, I don't know. It's The team's on the fly. They're being led by Tom Brady, who's, what, 43 years old. And he usually Tom Brady always like starts off really hot and then kind of fades in the cold months. He usually kind of struggles. So that's the kind of what we're seeing here. Um, he does have Gronk who does look healthy. He yeah. had a year out of the league, which obviously helped him get healthy. Um, and he's back to kind of being Gronk an elite blocker. Um, and just a, really an unstoppable force with the ball in his hands, also great hands, and just the chemistry he's had with Tom Brady, right? They're one of the top combinations of, of quarterback and uh, pass catcher in NFL history. I think after right. Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, right? Uh, yeah, because they've um, just passed Jerry Rice and Joe Monta- uh, yeah. Steve Young. Sorry, yeah. not Joe Montana, Steve, Steve Young. Um, 
so yeah, they're they're still kind of a ways behind, I guess, but not that much farther. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they're still too far, like I think Tom Brady's still too old in his career to be able to catch up to Marvin Harrison and uh, and uh, Peyton Manning. But yes, I mean, still one of the top two tandems for sure. Um, and they and they really just know how to connect. And I think that's where, of course, uh, a quarterback ha- kind of has to have a safety valve. And it seems like the tight end has become that for for a lot of the NFL. And so the same thing with Tom Brady. He has a safety blanket. Um, that's how they're always able to score points, but except for whatever happened this last Sunday. Um, Sunday night, it was just a demolishing with the Saints. The Saints are just so dangerous at times, but Drew Brees does look like he's getting up in age. Um, he really just does look like he is not the same. Uh, but he played pretty well on Sunday night. He played pretty well. Um, out of that division, I mean, who do you think is going to win that division? Do you think Tom Brady, uh, seals it by the end of the year, uh, kind of thing? Or, or do you think Drew Brees will end up still taking that division? Yeah. So the two other teams in the division are Atlanta and Carolina, uh, New Orleans already has two wins over Tampa Bay. So yeah, that's the season if, series. Yeah. If they could sweep Atlanta and they could sweep Carolina, then the saints will easily win the division. And it's really possible. Uh, Atlanta there, they have the worst defense in the league. <laughs> All these other shitty defense that we've been talking about. Atlanta's is right. even worse. Um, Giving up 251 points. Yeah. Cowboys Cowboys is actually the worst right now. Oh, the, um, yeah, okay. They've, the Cowboys have almost given up 300 points already. <laughs> so, yeah, they're definitely the worst. But they're the second worst. So, yes, no. And then Carolina, <laughs> they're a team uh, in rebuilding mode this year. Probably right. For the next year or two. Because Teddy Bridgewater is a transitional quarterback to whatever they're going to do next. Right. Uh, I imagine they'll, they'll make a splash in the draft trying to get a quarterback really high. Um, so I would say the edge goes to the saints since they've already beaten Tampa twice to winning the division. And I think Tampa will be a wild card team come playoff time. If Tampa can't beat new Orleans, Tampa can't make the super bowl. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, uh, but other than that, I think it's kind of wide open because I think any of these other teams that we discussed can beat New Orleans. Uh, Green Bay's already beat New Orleans this year. Right. Seattle, I think, can beat New Orleans. Arizona, I agree. Uh, of all these teams, I would say Arizona and Tampa Bay are the most, um, I, I guess you could say, stable team or best uh, – most rounded teams like they have really good offenses and really really good defenses yeah probably give a slight edge to arizona um as being kind of better across the board i think they have a better offense and their defense is a slightly worse than tampa's um so for me i got i have to have uh to me it's seattle um I think that the team, I think they're going to be the team to to be, as you said, it's kind of like Seattle um, has already won some games. Green Bay has already yeah. won some games against a couple of these guys. For me, it is the only reason why I say that is because they're still not healthy at running back either. And they're yeah. about to get Chris Carson back. And once they get an actual running game again, um, that's going to even make them a little bit more dangerous just because it, it opens up your offense, of course. And right now they're just throwing the ball because they have no running back. Uh, that's so that's all they're doing is chucking the ball. And uh, we know that's not what Pete Carroll likes to do. Um, and they also just got Carlos Dunlap, who made an immediate impact this week, um, immediately made this impact this week, uh, had like two sacks 
coming off of there. I think that's huge. They had no pass rush whatsoever. So now that they can try to hopefully get a pass rush, I think that makes them a little bit more dangerous. Um, their DBs are getting ate up because the quarterback has a million years to throw the ball. Um, if you have no pass rush, then you can't slow anybody down. I think with the signing of Carlos Dunlap, I think they shores them up a little bit. So that could help. And I want to see how that's going to play out towards the end of the year. Um, if that defense can start clicking a little bit more, that's going to, they're going to be scarier um, and they can score the majority of points. I think they'll score a lot of points. Um, and they have, they have the most chance to me of beating um, that Kansas City team, at least right now. Uh, the Saints on paper should as well. Their defense should be playing better than they are, but there aren't. I don't know what's really going on uh, outside of this last game. Obviously, that, that game, they looked um, really elite at that point. If they can play that like that every game, then yeah, then of course they're the ones that beat, but they don't. And that's the whole thing about them as well is they give up just as many points as the rest of these guys. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's really one to watch, um, you know, cause again, the saints have given up, uh, you know, 23, 24, 37, uh, 29, 27, 24. So they're, they're still not blowing these guys out because they're only winning 34, 34, 37, 35. So basically like a touchdown or less, and they're only winning by a touchdown or less, for most of those games outside of this last game. So it's, I don't know. I I feel like the fact that a team like Seattle can put up 40 points on you, same with green Bay. I feel like the saints are in a little bit of more trouble. Yeah. And um, I mean, the the other way to look at it is they've got the longest winning streak in the NFC right now with five wins. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, The NFC's, a lot more interesting, a lot more up in the air. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe Philly could run the table and be in the discussion at the end. <laughs> they could. They could. <laughs> Let me see. Who is the rest on their schedule? So they have the Giants coming up again. They play the Browns. Uh, they got to play the Seahawks, the Packers, <laughs> oh, they got the a Saints. Tough one. They got a tough-ass schedule coming up. They're, they're pretty much going to lose the rest of these games. Yeah. So they're, they're actually going to be running into some tough shit. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be even worse. So the NFC East is going to be even more irrelevant. Yeah, really. Just who, whoever gets to play that team, um, you guys get a fucking walk away. Like you just get a walk in. That's so easy. <laughs> so who, who do you think is going to walk away with the NFC? You said Seattle. You think a win? I, I feel right now. I have my money on Seattle just because okay. of what I see from Russell Wilson. I feel like he's playing at the MVP level. If he continues to play at MVP level, I think that they can find a way. Um, with the games that they have coming up, they do have a little bit of a tough stretch as well, um, playing the Rams, Cardinals, uh, but then they get the Eagles, the Giants, the Jets, the uh, the Washington football team, then they have the Rams and the 49ers. Um, so they have a chance, they pretty much have an easy schedule, an easier schedule. Uh, I think, of course, the Rams and the Cardinal games are, are dangerous for them. Um, and, but the rest of those are all pretty much, they should smash those teams. So if they don't, then that's going to be on them. So they have to me the easiest path to get there. Uh, they're playing at the best offensively, basically scoring like 30 points a game. So, I mean, really they're, they have, it's pretty much theirs to lose at this point. I think it's just their defense has to start clicking. And once they start clicking, then I think they will actually be the most dangerous team in the NFC. So yeah, I got Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to get their running game back. 
Uh, who you got, Polly? I got um, Seattle's divisional opponent, uh, Arizona Cardinals. They got the you're a big one. believer, huh? Yeah, they got the number one differential. And you know, when Kyler was a rookie, uh, like early on, I was a big believer in Cliff yeah, and, and Kyler from you know probably Kyler's first starts. I, I was really really hot high on them. Um, they added DeAndre Hopkins, and that's been an excellent connection between him and Kyler. They have the number one uh, point differential in the NFC period at plus 54. So they've outscored all their opponents by combined 54 points. I think their defense is really solid. And I think Kyler is really getting better every week. Like you see some progression, you see some more skill. Um, and I just I want to see him take it all. So and they've already beaten Seattle before. They're playing them again uh, in a couple of weeks here. So be another great matchup up i'd put my money on the, the cardinals plus they're kind of a little dark horse nobody's thinking the cardinals are going to win the nfc at this point that would be pretty crazy to see that so hey i i like it i like the 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 wild card take but i, yeah. I think i think it's i think it's doable i mean you definitely hit it on the head they do have a bit of a tough road though i mean they got to play the bills uh, the Seahawks, Patriots is a pretty easy win for them. It should be um, Rams again. Then they got the Giants or Rams first, and then they got the Giants, then the Eagles, 49ers, then the Rams. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say a hard schedule, but it's definitely doable. Um, they just got to win some games, and they need Seattle to lose a couple games. So um, that that could definitely be a, a shakeup there. Um I think we could see it, but I think we unanimously have the Chiefs as the team to beat. I mean, mm -hmm. of course, the Steelers are undefeated, um, so they're they're technically the team to beat as being undefeated. But uh, for me, I don't I don't feel like they'll edge it out for the entire year. Um, I just don't think they'll win when the time is right. I don't think they'll have enough against those teams when that time comes. So that'll be one to watch as well. Um, yeah, I just don't know if they can keep up with Kansas City, man. Like, their defense is elite, but yeah. um, I think that their defense, Kansas City's defense is also good enough to to beat Ben Roethlisberger and keep those guys in check. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, I would look at today, it would be a Kansas City-Seattle uh, Super Bowl. Um, probably Kansas City repeat at that point, but I guess we'll see at midway. Who's your who's your midseason Super Bowl prediction, Paulie? Um, yeah, let's go. I would go with Kansas City. Um, and I guess since I'm picking the Cardinals, I'll go Kansas City and the Cardinals. We'll go all the the red and white teams against each other. We won't know who's who on the jersey. Everybody be getting camouflaged in the logo. That would be a pretty good one. I didn't even think about that one. Um, and you have the Chiefs winning that as well, though? Yeah, I would definitely have the Chiefs. They're the team to beat until they're beat. I'm not betting against them. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, they're just too powerful. The offense can score at will. I think Patrick Mahomes gained, you know, based on the historic comebacks in the playoffs, it added even more confidence to Patrick Mahomes. Like, he just now knows that regardless whatever situation he's in in a football game, he knows that when everything's on the line, he can win it. So, right, scary. Pretty much. It is pretty scary. But it's fun. Right. It's must-see TV. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely must-see TV. Uh, this year is interesting. We'll see how the rest of it shakes out. Uh, but definitely, that's our mid-season mid review. Y'all leave us some comments. Uh, what you guys think. 
you know, put all that stuff in there and just let us know what y'all are thinking. Who Who's your Super Bowl favorites at this point, halfway through the season? Who are your uh, disappointments and who are kind of your – uh, you know, you're underrated or who's up, who's up in that list. Let us know what y'all are, are thinking. And uh, yeah, definitely. We're at on Twitter. Uh, that's antidote Polly. And uh, I am DJ underscore craftmatic. You can also hit us at take the antidote.com. Um, like share, subscribe, man. Yeah. Uh, let, let, every, let everybody know to take the antidote. You already know, but we out of this mug. We'll be back. This has been the Antidote Potty, uh, the, uh, the Antidote Podcast Show. Jesus Christ, take me <laughs> out of here! Uh, <laughs> and that's Paulie Dubs. This is Craftmatic. We out, man. Please subscribe. Please leave us a five star review. Take the Antidote.com. All right, what's up, y'all? This is Craftmatic. That's Paulie Dubs. What's good? Yo, what's happening? Time for that track of the week. That track of the week, son. Uh, this week we got some heat coming out, uh, from one of our new favorite artists, man, just kind of just doing his thing. Uh, pretty much the leader of, of, uh, <laughs> right now the Dreamville. I mean, he's, he's pretty much sitting at the top. We talking about J.I.D., uh, AKA Jid, man, he's, he's been on fire and he's got a great track this week. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really dope, man. I can't wait for yeah. y'all to hear it. This one's Ballads. It's featuring Conway the Machine. So we got a Dreamville and Griselda uh, session on this one. Um, Jid's really been on a tear. We talked about on that album's episode uh, about the Spillage Village album. So Jid's a part of Spillage Village. Jid's also been dropping a couple of freestyles with a bunch of different producers, um, including the K Trinata, the Jid Trinata free, uh, freestyle, Fire. Yeah, man. Super Fire. If you haven't heard that, definitely peep that. And we also talked about Conway on the album's episode two when we kind of went over Griselda and the year that they've been having. So right. two forces meet on this track, and they. They just kind of, they slay it as usual, as expected. Jid's been on absolute fire. Um, Amazing. I think this is an album rollout going out for him. I don't know if this track's going to make the album or not, but don't matter because it made the Antidote podcast track of the week. (laughs) Really don't matter. You know, that's a distinguished, a distinguished, (laughs) you know, thing and place to be because we put a lot of, we put a lot of dope stuff on here. So, I mean, produced by uh, Christo and Big Germ. So Big Germ been around for a long time. Big Germ is definitely dope though. Um, You just, you just have that nasty feel. And you, once I saw those two names together, I was like, come on. Um, <laughs> it just gives that stank face look when you hear everything together and with Jid and his flow and how he chops things up and of course how Conway comes on the bars I mean it, it's definitely uh, vaunted and it's definitely warranted that it should be number one on our track of the week this week so make sure y'all check that out go support that track go download it go do whatever right here on the antidote podcast we got ballads from jid featuring conway the machine wasn't used to taking orders if i'm rude my apologies i never been a follower i'm addicted to the power so i've studied the remains of the game i'm an archaeologist more money more problems that's a tough pill to swallow if you ain't about that shit that you be talking three holes in his head bowling ball them who's brawling nah you calling god but shit me too he got to hit one of us i can give him a chance to meet you if you wanna cool cat back in that corner Ooh.
I got a boner, please show me my opponent. You and your homie, he with you, that's a bonus. One, one, two shots, that's a bonus. Never had squat. Try keeping up with the Joneses. Try wearing off knocks, niggas popular with Jonia. Nigga, I been hungry for a time I was homeless. I honed in my skills, sharp sword swings alone for the moment. Atonement in my tone, ownership is the only shit I've been voyaging. Voices in my head and then I go record it. I've been ordered by the Lord, kill the beat, beat the dead horse. Ill swordsman, sportsmanship, that's horse shit. Copious corpses, outsourcing for resources. You got a gun, we got assortments. They make appointments, joint rolling, join forces. And we rejoice when real niggas lift their voices for the voiceless. Stash boxes for the straps and the navigator. Don C alligator. A lot of rappers, they just imaginative exaggerators. Box landed, take them packs and put them on the calculator. Weigh it up and stash it, bro. I'm coming back to bag it later. That bitch bad, I'm a bagger, then go stab her later. Got the pussy free, I didn't have to pay it. Got the bag, so if it come to that, trust me, I have the paper. But I'm just that nigga, I ain't have to get a drunk or incapacitated. Yeah, I'm MVP for him, like Shaq for Lakers. Ain't no silverware in the trap. Fuck it, grab a hanger, ratchet sprayer. Buffalo got the highest murder rate in New York State. That's a fact, check the stats and data. I was deep in them trenches, homeless in Atlanta, sleeping on benches. Now bitches see me in this Benz and it's peaking their interest. Dog caught a body, L-I-F-E was the sentence. He gave his life to God, seeking repentance. Yeah.